Blog Talk Radio. It's May 7, 2017. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living radio show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we are joined by co-hosts Jeff Brown and David, David Fillion. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please, everyone, remember, good leadership is not about power and control, but rather for the honor and privilege of serving the membership in the interest of the membership. Having said that, we certainly hope everyone enjoyed this past week and that you stayed safe. The first announcement is uh, in honor of Mother's Day. Uh, next week there will not be a show as we pay tribute to mom. <laughs> okay. Uh, so remember, this is also Mother's Month, May. So the second announcement, uh, remember that team uh, working for a living supports Medicare for everyone. Next announcement, the May Day rally on the steps of the Michigan Capitol was a grand success. Thanks go out to our friend, Attorney Jeff Hank, for hosting that event and asking us to be a part of it. Next announcement, the National Labor Relations Board has ruled that talk radio calls are protected concerted activity under Section 7 of the National Labor Relations Act. This is great news. Next announcement, on May 2nd, the U.S. House of Representatives voted to pass the Working Families Flexibility Act H.R. 1180, and in the Senate it's 801, though it was rejected by all Democratic representatives as well as members of the Republican Party. Uh, if old number 45 signs this into law, this legislation will weaken uh, the overtime provisions of the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938, and it would reduce take-home pay result in long hours, unpredictable schedules, and even higher daycare costs for working parents. Uh, The next announcement um, should stay also uh, on that last announcement that Team Working for a Living has taken a position to oppose the Working Families Flexibility Act, and you will see a method to oppose that on our page uh, right after the show. Um, uh, last last announcement is as as AT and T merges with Time Warner for eighty five billion dollars, as seventeen thousand AT and T employees represented by Communication Workers of America are poised to go out on strike. Note to CEOs. You don't need to rape the wages from your workers in an effort to spend $85 million to purchase another company. You can save yourself $85 billion and have a well-paid workforce by simply partnering with your corporate friend by doing a joint venture. Simple, you know, and you still have everything except ownership that you have to spend all that money for. Having said that, we have uh, three three emails that came in. Uh, first one, thank you for all you do. 
We labor patriots are few and far between. Organized labor, the economic security of working people, and our democratic and the democracy of our beloved republic are all in danger. That's from MJ in Florida. Thank you, MJ, for those kind words. Uh, yes, uh, there are a lot of things wrong, uh, and not the, not just in our union, but in our country. Uh, second email. Uh, I have two follow-up questions for Leroy. During one, during that national Pell program, where you told everyone about the tax imbalance, did you present that to all sessions? Uh, did anyone speak against you? And two, can you explain the difference between how that tax works and does that change your tax imbalance argument in any way? That's from TP in Florida as well. Florida's been kind of busy here. Um, and he actually had another email he sent in later for Jeff. Um, so... Uh, the national pill. I did tell ever I presented it every session. I did. Uh, there was well, with the exception of one, I was not for the uh, notwithstanding that everybody listened to it all across the nation. Management, academia. When we got to the Solidarity House portion, when we actually went to the Solidarity House, uh, Carolyn Forrest came to present to us. And she did not take questions in any way. She made one simple statement. A sales tax is regressive in nature and not progressive. Turned around and left the room. So she knew I had been saying that and stopped uh, without ever listening to the entire argument. So that shows you the mindset of our UAW. Uh, that tax... Uh, you're asking uh, the imbalance. Uh, does it affect the tax imbalance? The, no. Uh, this is the short answer. That tax, value-added tax, is progressive through the manufacturing process. In other words, if you make an axle, you pay the tax of uh, uh, sales tax on it when you sell it to the um, uh, primary. Uh, the assembly line, for example. But if it's built inside the same company, you didn't sell it to the next company, and there was no sales tax put imposed upon it. Only when you have an element that gets sold to another company does the VAT tax actually get imposed. If it's, if it's done in-house, there's no VAT tax on it. So in the case of an automobile, if everything's done under the same company, they never sell it to their self. They just move it over with a truck or a trailer and and uh, put it, you know, in the assembly operations, and then they put it put it together, assembled by module or however they do it, and then they sell the end item. Uh, when there's no tax put on the end item because it's been exported and not sold in their country, it comes to the United States with zero cost of government and puts us at a 32% disadvantage. So in, in short, uh, in major products like the auto industry where everything's built under the same auspices uh, uh, of the company, uh, that's not sold from one company to another. I'm 
trying to struggle for an example where you might have um, the legs of a table, for example. Uh, well, that's not a good example either. I, I don't know. I, I just uh, can tell you that VAT tax is progressive through the, the process of manufacturing if it is sold to another company when, when it's made. Um, hinges for the, the table leaves. There, there's one for you. You're building a table, and somebody manufactures the hinges, okay, and they send them to you. And typically, there's no sales tax because it's an, an end, not, end, not an end item like it is here in the United States. You know? But when they do that in Europe under a value-added tax or anywhere else that has one, the hinge, when it's sold from company A to company B, uh, company B would have to pay sales tax, and Company A would collect that and turn that into the, the government. Uh, so that would be progressive in the process of having hinges put on a table leaf, as a you know drop leaf table for uh, you know everybody's probably seen one of those. So that's how it would, would work there. Uh, so TP had another question uh, in another email he sent, in, or they whoever oh, it's my, yeah TP <laughs> we know it's a guy. Um, my comment question is for Jeff. I'm sad that you are not running for vice president as your local, at, of your local, as you had hoped to, uh, to do if there were new nominations. And are you going to do something about the president and Sergeant Arms dropping their own charges against themselves? Uh, question mark to the degree that one of them actually signed the minutes to do so in your last report. So. Uh, Jeff, do you have any comment on that before we get into the rest of us? I will uh, talk about it in my report, Leroy. Okay, um, sounds good. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, all right, this n next up is this week in Worker News. Uh, again, we have our quote. Uh, this was kind of running around the Internet a little bit. I uh, thought we'd use it as our quote. It's kind of cool. Forget the wall. And America needs to build a giant mirror to reflect on what we have become. Uh, the original author is unknown. That's been seen at many rallies, and the first word forget was obviously changed for their use. <laughs> so you can imagine. Um, the uh, work, uh, Just another uh, item here uh, as we progress forward. The Working for a Living Caucus has officially adopted a new platform plank to encourage, educate, and the platform plank is to encourage, educate, support members of labor with the in interest of working men and women, women and men, uh, rather than corporations in mind, to run for public office. So we're going to encourage our own to run, as it seems that academia candidates have failed us. Uh, so, uh, having said that, let's bring on uh, Jeff and David. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing tonight? I'm okay, I'm okay. How are you? Good. Uh, we're doing okay. We're, you know, bright sunny day, but pretty chilly out here in the Midwest today, at least in mid-Michigan. Uh, David, uh, how are you doing? Pretty good, Leroy. Um, beautiful day outside, but... Pretty chilly, just like you said. Yeah. Um, it was a productive weekend, very busy. Yeah, been we, busy, uh, do you think? 
planted some sh- trees planted. over there in your neck of the woods, didn't you? Yeah, it was um, restoration of the cold water watershed um, that was damaged by the drain commission and a failed policy. Um, so trees were donated and uh, supplies were all donated. And uh, there were some donations from different parties um, that came into their nonprofit help with the process and uh, hopefully the trees take off and do well because it was a lot of work to plant them. Uh, yeah, how many people were involved? The summer. Do you know um, how many people I would say there I would say there was probably all yesterday maybe 30 people. There That's was right. some work done on Friday that I didn't participate in so I don't know how many were there that day. Um, throughout okay, the summer, well, go ahead. Throughout the summer, um, volunteers will go back and uh, make sure the plants are watered by using a boat to go down the um, cold water and uh, protect them from drought throughout the summer. So, Good. Cool. Hopefully, we don't have much drought, but you never know around Michigan. You know, just wait five minutes, it'll change. You know. You got it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Jeff's got a report for us, uh, uh update from Local Union 3000. Jeff, you want to go ahead and give us that report? Yeah. To answer the email question, um, I do have plans in the work. I don't want to dispose them as of yet. Um, our election will be on May 18th. I have some good candidates who I am backing. Um, a lot of people in my plant know me and are asking me who to vote for. Um, I have done two live feeds on Facebook concerning our uh, elections that have been going on with the uh, election committee resigning the whole works. I addressed that issue because the administrating caucus has um, accused the election committee of lying to the membership, and that is a total lie. Uh, I know what happened, and I want everybody to understand that I have, over the years, have caused many, many elected leaders to lose re-election. Um, and I will continue to do so with this election. Um, we do have a plan to take care of the charges that have been denied and signed by our local president. Like I said, I don't want to disclose them as of yet because some of them are going to be listening to this broadcast on other UAW Facebook pages. So I'd like to keep my uh, ammunition well hidden right now. Um, it is disappointing that I didn't, was able to uh, nominate it after the membership voted to redo nominations. Um, I do think that when the international came down and listened to the executive board and the election committee, that 
um, the international decision had a little bit to do with uh, me not being able to run again. Um, I've been very vocal against the international. I think that was part of the scheme. I could not run. But that's okay. I've got candidates I can support, and I will. And um, I did do a third live feed on Facebook. It was quite long, and I used people's names, and Facebook took it down the next day, and understandably so. But the fight is still going on. We hope that the people who are causing these problems will get voted out because the entire local now knows about it. And there's not many people happy with our president, our vice presidents, our sergeant at arms. And I have a good feeling that they will lose their reelection. Um, so I'm going to wait and see. After the election, what my next step is going to be. If they win, we do have a plan. If they lose, then I don't have to do anything. Um, our appeals that we put forth um, concerning the election date and times, it's kind of, you know, we, we didn't want the election held in April. Obviously, it's May now, so. And we also wanted the elections to be held in our plan, which we always have. We got both of them, so we won that set round of the battle by default. But um, I do feel confident going into next week's election. I do have some other things I will be posting on my page to educate my members um, about what has been going on the last six, seven months. And I am going to work very, very hard the next 10 days to get those people unelected. Um, I think it will be easy to do. And we're going to go from there, Leroy. Um, I feel very confident that we are going to lose for the election next week. So that's the end of my report for now. Uh, okay. I'll keep everybody informed as we go along. But um, it's looking good for us. Looking good for us. So, okay. Well, thank you, Jeff. Do you, have any, going, David, right? do you have anything for, for Jeff? No. Um, that sounds like some good news. Um, that things are going along pretty good. Um, I hope your members will um, see the wrong that was done and elect. Uh, no officials to operate your local. So we'll have the best interest of the members at heart. Yeah. We will Thanks. take care of that. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, also, uh, it does sound like you had a victory there. Uh, they wanted to have the elections early, and they didn't want to hold them in the plant at all. And now you have the elections in May, like you reported, and you have them in the plant. So that sounds like a victory to me. Uh, it does. It does. All, very also, we... yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm, also, the uh, uh, Facebook doesn't act on its own without some intervention by others. 
you know, somebody has to bring it to their attention. If somebody didn't bring it to their attention, they don't know who and what was said or done. Uh, so somebody had to complain. I guess yeah. I'm glad to hear that people are paying attention to you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a surprise that I was uh, uh, taken down because I, I just laid it out. You know, call yeah. on the state of state and, and name names and dates and times and places. Um, and they didn't like I got, it. Yeah, they didn't like it. But, you know, I have always told the truth. I don't like liars. If I say something that I find out is wrong later, I will publicly apologize to people and set the record straight. But I do know the facts, and the facts tell the whole story. And um, you are moving forward with plan, um, as planned. You got a good fleet of candidates, a uh, good candidate for first VP that I am very willing to support. Our uh, president is very willing to support. And um, we're going to take you to the house this week. Oh, good. Good. Uh, well, thanks for your report. Again, it sounds really cool. Uh, people are really paying attention to you, and by extension, us as a team. Of course, you're, you know, one of the very leaders at the beginning of this team, and uh, one of the top leaders of our team. So, uh, much appreciated report, and we really uh, thank you uh, for that. And we'll go on to David's report. Uh, so, thanks, Jeff. Unless you have anything else. No, David, you go ahead and do it. Okay, David. Go ahead with your reports. All right. Um, this week, um, making the rounds on social media pages, um, was a report, um, actually a news article by Bloomberg. Um, the author of that uh, article um, was Patrick Dorian. Um, the uh, article result revolves around... Uh, um, a class action lawsuit that has been filed against Ford Motor Company, a Chicago assembly plant. Um, since uh, 2013, the lawsuit alleges in Chidez versus Ford Motor Company, um, biased, biased based on um, race natural origin um, it may be either the result of um, intentional discrimination or um, unintended consequences of uh, Ford's hiring practices at the plant there are seven um, complainants um, in the um, alleged to action. Um, they uh, alleged that um, an employment agency, Harvey, um, that uh, they employ um, primarily a black workforce to the determine of Hispanic and or Latino applicants. Um, the complaint was filed on uh, April 28th. Um, 
not unlike any other um, assembly plants. Um, I know GM, they use um, an outside source the same way. They uh, go through um, an employment agency, and members um, will be informed by GM the same way uh, Ford informs their members. And then uh, the members uh, um, tell people, or by referral, send them to the to the employment agency um, where they apply, and then they're considered um, for whether they're qualified. Um, part of that process is testing, drug testing. Um, not sure exactly the rest of the uh, um, testing that's done for people. I think probably a, a basic skills test is also employed. Um, when I hired in, none of these processes took place. Um, <laughs> you were basically ushered into the plant by family or um, through an um, application to the employer. Also, um, alleged in the case, um, it uh, mentions that uh, a union member um, possibly carried out a scheme um, to uh, um, help Ford Motor Company in the hiring process. Um, it uh, says that the Harvey Employment Office carried out the scheme in concert with or at the direction of the union member, according to the complaint. The complaint um, claims under Title um, 6 of the Civil Rights Act. Um, that's what they're citing there, the Civil Rights Act. And uh, Ford Motor Company... Um, has stated that uh, they do not discriminate based on race, color, religion, age, sex, national origin, sexual orientation, or gender identity. Um, there's been um, no um, appearance yet by the end of, in, by the uh, individual defendants. Um, the United Auto Workers Union itself is not named as a party to the lawsuit. And they have declined to comment. Um, the question for us as union members, um, how could a union member possibly affect the hiring policies of Ford Motor Company? This doesn't seem possible that um, a union member would have that much control or power um, to um, affect that. So that's um, what I have on that, Leroy, if you have any further comments. Um. Yeah, okay, uh, David. Uh, well, it's an interesting uh, occurrence. There seems to be an awful lot of trouble coming out of that. A little less than a year ago, we had some shootings, and 
and there's somebody complaining about spending too much money here not so long ago and the classifications of money that were spent for wages. Uh, we'll touch on that a little bit here in a minute. Uh, in another related report, but not nothing to do with them. Uh, and it just seemed like there's an awful lot of trouble coming out of that Chicago assembly plant down there. I just, uh, and now they're trying to implicate one of the officers in a, in a management uh, uh, element that they're completely and totally in control of. I mean, how can they possibly do that? I mean, you know, we we don't have anything to do with these employment agencies or the well long established over a hundred years of a policy that's that old on hiring from Ford Motor Company. I mean, how can we possibly affect that? Doesn't seem right to me. There's there's something a little amiss with all of this whole thing. I mean, I I really feel for the people that have been disadvantaged, but I'm not so sure that this is a union person doing this. Uh, just I've find never real, heard of it. Yeah, I've never I, heard you know, I mean, I've, of uh, yeah. it occurring at GM. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot eight. of stuff go on. But, I, you know, when it comes to hiring, I, I just don't, you know, see that we get to all that involved in the, the, the practices. I know there's <laughs> been some people that have uh, you know, in one of the uh, uh, other areas of Michigan, I want to get in, even into the location or names, but they were submitting persons for preferential hiring treatment, and I'm sure that gut does go on, uh, even though it might not be called out. You know, very clearly we have uh, one of the vice presidents UAW got uh, sons hired in pretty easily, not in the local community where he lives, but in other communities. One of them is a servicing route now. So I never, virtually never worked a day in, in, in his life, maybe one, uh, on the plant floor. Uh, so that does happen a little bit, but um, not to the degree that we can stop somebody from getting hired. It's like, holy cow, when did we start that? I mean, you know, getting offering somebody up as a preferential hire has happened. We've seen cases on it, and we've watched. You just look at it, and you know what happened, you know. So uh, let, me offer, let, let, let me offer this. Um, yeah. As we know, um, all contracts, um, union contracts, contain the management's rights clause. And I've not read um, Ford Motor Company's clause, but I'm sure it's fairly similar to General Motors, um, which is paragraph 8 of the national agreement that states in part um, to hire and fire is uh, exclusively um, management's responsibility. Um, that's not right. the complete language, but that is spoken of in there. The right to hire, fire, and discipline for cause. Yep. And that UAW yep. members won't be discriminated as such. The methods, the means of production, they own it all. So, right. Um, right. 
I'm sure Ford's um, policy reads pretty much the same way, but maybe worded this a little bit differently. So virtually every I think union, you're right. Yeah, virtually every right. union. There is something in this. What did you say, David? I don't understand. I, I say I believe you're correct in your statement that something is amiss here, because I just don't understand how um, a union member would have that much power to, um, to control this situation. I ain't justice. That's my opinion I, on it. Okay. Well, we'll just sit back in the bleachers with a. Um, a cold draft root beer and and watch what happens in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, that's about all you can do. About all you can do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, having said that, I, I I don't think I have anything else on your report. Let me uh, get to my report. Um, someone brought it to my attention that they were angry that a retiree would run for local union office. I pointed out all the reasons why a retiree may run for any office that does not handle grievances at the local union level. That's by constitution. May not uh, vote on items uh, that affect the contract, starting and stopping a strike, or any grievance uh, procedure. So a retiree may run for and hold office. And the person said, I understand that. I understand they're a member with full rights with those five exceptions that you mentioned. And I, and I said, well, that's good. Now now what? Well, the person said, I disagree that the, per, the, the retiree should be receiving uh, 40 hours a week at the highest rate, plus 14 hours of pay, plus profit sharing by the bylaws of the, and, and vacation time, by the bylaws of the local union, uh, by you know a bylaw committee and approved by the membership, and I mentioned to the person, I want to remind you that union members at the local union level are entitled. Pay attention, folks, to lost time wages only. Lost time. That's it. So I went and said I'd look up the laws and I would cover it on the show for this person. The uh, And let me just start by getting into the, the law. Uh, there's policies also that the Labor Department elaborates on regarding the enforcement of laws. So the Department of Labor has this subordinate office called the Office of Labor Management Standards, uh, otherwise known as OLMS, O-L-M-S. And this is their take on this particular issue. And we have 
disseminated amongst ourselves the uh, URL link so that all of our team has this as well. Uh, this is, uh, I'm going to start by reading what their first paragraph is. Sometimes union officers, stewards, or committee members, officials, must take time off from the regular jobs to investigate a grievance, negotiate a contract, attend a safety meeting, or perform other work for the union. These officials often receive payments from the union as a reimbursement for wages lost while conducting business for the union. These payments are often referred to as lost time or lost wage payments, but some unions may attach different labels to such payments. Okay. Department of Labor definition, lost time. Time spent by an individual away from his, her regular job on union business. Lost time payment. Reimbursement. That's something that you lost. You lost it and you're being reimbursed for it. Reimbursement for wages lost while conducting union business. I want to re read that again. This is a definition, lost time payment. The definition of, and here it comes again, reimbursement for wages lost while conducting union business. Okay. Getting back to OMS, they have, uh, they recommend that unions, one, adopt clear policies and procedures for making lost time or similar payments. Two, use vouchers that require detailed information to support lost time payments. Those are the two recommendations by OMS. So then it comes to who is eligible for lost time payments from the union and for what purposes. For example, your union or does your union permit officials or payments to officials attending training programs, labor council meetings, or rallies? What uh, yeah, what about stewards handling grievances or members serving on a negotiating committee? Okay. What rate of pay applies to lost time claim? If an official is paid a shift premium while on the job, will the shift premium be included in a lost time payment? Okay. These are things that are set by the bylaws of the organization. The who gets it is set by the bylaws of the organization. If you go to a labor council meeting or wherever you may go, or you go to, to work at the union hall for a financial secretary position or a vice president or a president's position, and you're full-time at the union hall, you're entitled to be paid according to your bylaws. That, that person, that's a person that's entitled to wages, reimbursed, wages to be paid by the union. That's the who gets it. 
The bylaws can only set who gets it, who, and why. The amount is set by reimbursement of lost wages, lost wages. Okay? It also says your union's lost time voucher should include at a minimum the following information for the date of each claim, the total hours claimed, the hourly rate of pay, and the specific union business conducted. Goes on to say, union business, meeting, and grievance work in those forms are not sufficiently specific. You can't just say union business. You have to designate, or you can't say union business, or you can't say meeting, or you just simply can't say grievance work. You have to designate the type of union business, functioned as financial secretary, functioned as recording secretary. Okay? That's the purpose of the voucher. Again, okay, the voucher to be paid and every, listen, I served for three years as recording secretary. And every expenditure has to have a voucher. Everyone. And when it comes to payment of members, it has to include these things. And it's a three-signature voucher. The financial secretary initiates it. The recording secretary signs it. And the president signs it. And that's all supposed to be done before a check is cut. That's that voucher that proves it. And it has to be signed by all parties before the check is cut in a perfect world. So when you have all of those in place, then you can cut the check. But again, the who is set by bylaw, the amount is specified by lost time. This is the labor, this labor department. Okay. They go on to say, in the Landrum-Griffin Act, uh, 29 U.S.C. 462, they establish trustees. And this is what they say about trustees. Trustees shall be established and administered by a labor organization over a subordinate body only in accordance with the Constitution and bylaws of the organization which has assumed trusteeship over the subordinate body and for the purposes of correcting corruption or financial malpractice, assuring the performance of collective bargaining agreements or other duties of a bargaining representative, restoring democratic procedures, or otherwise carrying out legitimate objects of such labor organization. These, these are the duties of a trustee as required by federal law. Then they go on to talk about the, uh, that's not, this is no longer the U.S. Code, this is back to the uh, uh, Department of Labor. They have a 10-step uh, guide to, for union trustees. And 
the third step is to examine selected claims for lost time to verify that appropriate amounts and purposes have been documented. The proper amount of lost time, it says right here, claims for lost time, lost time only. We'll get to more of that in a second. To verify the appropriate amounts and purposes that have been documented, lost time only, brothers and sisters, that's it. So let's just talk about that just a second. Let's say that you're in a local union and you're the financial secretary and you've decided in concert with your executive committee, recording secretary and president, that when somebody works through the week and they have union business, and it's eight hours plus two, ten hours overtime, or two hours overtime, so a ten-hour day, that you pay them that time. If they work on Saturday and they happen to be called to union service, they would get reimbursed for Saturday time. But in today's world, it's come to our attention that some in our opinion, have been paying time off, or not time off the job, but time of union service on a Saturday, and you weren't scheduled. Was there anything to be reimbursed if you were on union service and not scheduled in the plant for a Saturday? The answer is no. And those persons who think that it's okay to have lost time wages and then just pay union wages because you want to for a Saturday that the company didn't schedule because the union should pay you to work are wrong. They're wrong. And those are people who will burn up your treasury. And you look around and your treasuries are being burned up by such people. Also, some of the bylaws include, let's pay our leaders $500 under international staff wages. That deviates from what's provided for in federal law that says lost time wages, only lost time wages. If you were scheduled to work 40 hours at your facility, whether it's a plant or an office or anything else, then you, out in the field, building trades, if you were scheduled to work 40 hours, then you're entitled to 40 hours pay. If you're scheduled for 50 hours, then you're scheduled, you're entitled, if you're on union business, then you're entitled to... 40 hours plus 10 hours of overtime for the 50 hours that you were scheduled to work and you were on union business. If you're not scheduled to work on Saturday, you have no lost time and you have no right, zero right, 
to get lost time reimbursed. There's no reimbursement. You didn't lose anything. Now let's carry that to the retiree because the bylaws say that a financial secretary is supposed to get 40 hours plus 14 hours of overtime plus profit sharing plus vacation time as they work at the local union office full-time. Now, I want you to think about what I'm about to say. This is an elected position. The person that ran for this office knows that they're supposed to only get lost time wages reimbursed. Exactly and specifically at the local union level, how does a retiree have lost time from the plant, the work facility? The answer is no, there's none. While there may be a stipend that's often paid, $40 for reimbursement of some gas if you're running around or some pens or pencils you pick up or staples, you just pick them up and rather than turn in a voucher, you just pick them up out of your pocket money. That happens. $40 a month. Some get 20 Whatever it is, it's a, it's a small stipend to cover those sort of things. So the retiree that runs for financial secretary has no lost time, didn't lose a penny from the company when he, was, he or she were working, did they? No lost time at the local union level, none. So they don't get lost time wages. Anybody that signs a voucher for reimbursement of lost time wages for a retiree that's holding office is wrong. And those bylaws need to be sent to the International Union and the Department of Labor and OMS as well for review because they're going to say lost time only, period. Yeah, a retiree can run and hold office, but they're not due lost time. Those people that they put in the bylaw, they get extra money. Wrong. Lost time only. The stipend's in question, but understandable. $40 a month. So the lost time has been abused in our union beyond the pale. Everybody's wanting to pay themselves international wages at the local union level, and it's not the case. If you become a an appointed international representative, you no longer work directly for the company. You go out on a union business leave of absence to work for the international union and paid at a different, and that point you're paid by the international union and there's no lost time at all. You just get the international staff wages. The same applies for anyone running for office at the international level. Now, there's two places where it talks about 
penalties for such things. The first one is in 29 U.S. Code 503, says direct and indirect loans, and a loan is something you're paid beyond and over and above your lost time wages, <laughs> anything above that would be a loan. Okay, No labor organization shall make directly or indirectly any loan or loans to any officer or employee of such organization which results in total indebtedness uh, on the part of such an employee or officer uh, to the labor organization in excess of $2,000. Okay. The penalty is any person who willfully violates this section shall be fined not more than $5,000 or imprisoned for not more than one year or both. Now we go down and see what the penalty for violation of someone who, and this is in 29 U.S.C. 504, and this covers the following. This is the federal law, not the Constitution. It says membership in Communist Party, persons convicted of robbery, bribery, etc. It goes on to spell those out in more detail, and then it says anyone who obtains an illegal gain at the expense of the members of such labor organization will be limited to only their capacity as a member of such organization and may not hold office of any kind. Penalties for such violations of people who obtain illegal gain at the expense of the members for labor organization. Penalty shall be, not will be, shall be, not maybe, shall be, not more than $10,000 or imprisoned for not more than five years or both. So don't be playing around with lost time is the message. Those bylaws that say you can pay a financial officer based on what you think the financial officer should be paid at the highest rate in the plant, 40 hours plus 14 hours, if the facility is only working 40 hours, That's the lost time for the financial secretary as an active employee, period. A retiree has no lost time. They receive their pension, and they get elected to serve their union members, like we say, with the privilege and honor to serve the membership. They go to work every day at their own expense. They are an elected person in the union. They have no lost time. They still receive their pension. Anybody that thinks any different, go read the damn law I just read you. And I encourage everybody to hold our union to account and all trustees to do your job and read all of this. 
It is our opinion that people are being paid way more than they should be and that retirees at the local union level have zero money coming to them in lost time. Having said that, that's my report. David, do you have anything on that? Okay. No, you nailed it. (laughs) You nailed it. Yep. That's your part of it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so with that, I mean, if that's all you have, David, I'll just uh, say that's all I have, and uh, we'll uh, move on to close the show. Uh, Well, I have some. I have another. Okay, um, you got some more? Okay. Yeah. Um, I know you've been terribly busy today, but you missed an announcement. Um, oh, I'll sorry. provide it. Um, this is a notice of uh, um, UAW Local 652 um, General Election Notice. Um, Local 652 is in Lansing, Michigan. Um, elections for the above positions will be held. Tuesday, May 9th, 2017, beginning at 5 a.m., running 24 hours until 5 a.m. Wednesday, May 10th, 2017, at the UAW Local Union Hall, 426 Clare Street, Lansing, Michigan. Members must provide a picture ID to vote. Um, For President, Randy Freeman, Jack Graham. Vice President, Ben France, Randy Graham. Recording Secretary, Dee Dee Graham, Scott R. Lowndes, Trustees Joe Bowen, Matt Schneider, Bill Freeman, and Dennis Sturgis. Um, the Financial Secretary does not appear on this notice, so it's my assumption that he has acclimated. Um, if a runoff election is necessary, it will be held at Local 652. Polls will open Tuesday, May 23rd. 2017 at 5 a.m. and be open continuously until Wednesday, May 24th, 17 at 5 a.m. That includes that. Okay. Uh, good. Uh, to reiterate uh, something I said a minute ago, retirees, again, may run for these offices. That's already been, been determined by the nomination and this slate now, or this uh, uh, list of uh, uh, ballot, uh, not a slate. This is a ballot, uh, and we encourage all retirees to vote in this election. You may not vote for any bargaining committee persons, chairperson of the bargaining committee, or any bargaining committee persons. You may not vote for. Other than that, you can vote for everybody, and you can actually hold those offices should you choose to do that in the future. We encourage the retirees to get in vote because, as, as I just indicated, it's a great savings for the local union. For a retiree who's bored stiff that knows everything under the sun about running stuff, maybe have an accounting degree, to go into the union hall and work the, the hours necessary to perform the duties of financial secretary, for example. And oftentimes those are abbreviated hours to begin with. 
Go down to a union hall and try and find one. So having said that, um, we'll uh, we'll now uh, close out the. Uh, do you have anything else, David, that you want to talk about? Um, no, um, I'm good, Leroy. We've okay. covered about everything we were going to cover. Yep, and we're right at an hour now. So I want to say uh, thanks to everybody for listening, especially you, you up there in the uh, the cheap seats drinking draft beer and uh, draft root beer. I'm sorry. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, I'm sure that uh, once we ascend to office, uh, the education promises will be fulfilled uh, to educate all the members. And I'm sure that that's the case. Uh, having said that, uh, if you found value in this show, please tell just one more person about our show. Uh, if uh, you want to email us, it's Working for a living at working for a living. Um, also, uh, I want to remind everybody: there's no show next week, and I would be remiss if I did not say how very sad the entire team is for our research assistant having lost her father. after a tough battle uh, with health concerns. Our condolences go out to our sister who worked over 40 years in the plant. And we wish you the very best in your challenging time as you go through the grief of losing your very dear father. Thank you for everything you do in the name of the membership. And we know that your heart is all about the membership. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And our hearts go out to you, and our prayers are with you in this time of grief. Having said that, uh, thanks to everybody around the world that listen. Uh, thanks to all our listeners in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. I'll say good night, David, and you have a wonderful night. Good night. Good night, Larry. Good night, everybody. Good night.